I don't know what we're going to do. I'm, I'm not talking about Philly again. I just, I, all I've been watching is Philly. That's it. Like, I've been re-watching Philadelphia. I don't watch anything else. Well, watch else. another show then. I can't, I... I we well, can talk about anything. Look, look pick a Star Trek movie. We've lo- remake. I will let you rant for half an I hour. I don't want to. It makes me sick inside. We've somehow lucked into people thinking we're serious professionals, and I don't know how we've pulled this off. Yeah. And and we have to be serious. And doing another Philly episode is not going is, is, is to help that. I, I, okay, I agree with you. I agree. I just don't know what else we're going to do. We but need some sort look, of idea. If, if we do another Philly episode, people are going to realise that we have run out of ideas. Hello and welcome to the Story Toolkit. I'm Basim El-Wakil, co-author of Action, The Art of Excitement with Robert McKee, and joining me is Luke Lionwall, writer and part of the McKee Storylogue team. So today we're going to talk about an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yes. The gang desperately tries to win an award, which is all about satirising yourself. And as always, if you want to get in touch, we've got at the Story Toolkit on Twitter, uh, and the website, thestorytoolkit.wordpress.com, uh, is where you can find all our episodes. And you can email us direct through there if you've got any shows or films you want us to talk about. Let's get into it. Yes, so it's always sunny in Philadelphia. The episode is called The Gang Desperately Tries to Win an Award. And what happens in the um, episode... Well, it's, it's a great example of satire yeah and we will go into the nuts and bolts of that but first you're going to just break down the story briefly yeah so it comes up that there is an award for bars there's like a bar industry award because obviously the show is about people who run a pub called paddy paddy's pub that's what it's called so there's a uh, an industry award for bars and they discover that they've never won it that they want to win it that they've never even been made eligible to win it so the first thing that they decide to do is they decide to bribe yeah, they, they, <laughs> their way into it, right? Uh, yeah, sorry. It's all about they, greasing the wheels. They've Frank's... always been invited into the... No, they don't know that, though. Oh, so you're going to get to that. Yeah, they don't know that yet. They think they've never been invited. I'll let you do it. Sorry, yeah, I shouldn't Frank, interrupt. Frank, I'll let you do <laughs> Frank, Frank, no, because if you didn't remind me that, I've forgotten stuff. Great. So Frank, uh, Danny DeVito's character, um, is convinced that the way for them to win the award is they have to play the award game. It's all politics and stuff. So he tells them not to do anything, that they, they're all going to go to the committee and they're just going to... He's going to bribe and he's got like a briefcase and he's going to bribe them with money in the briefcase. And he's like, how much would it take for us to be on the ballot? It's like, just $10, just the basic $10 fee is all it is. Like, why haven't we had this before? It's like we've sent it to you before but it always comes back returned in fecal matter and racial slurs like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they um so they go they go to bribe him uh, and in fact they booby trapped the, the the briefcase the rest of the gang so he opens the briefcase and it spatters blue paint all over frank so that was meant to be for for the other guy but uh, it's still funny either way <laughs> that so they decide that they're going to try and win this award now that they've entered for it and they try to work out well why haven't they won an award is it because of them is it that no one likes them or not charlie is convinced that he should spend his time getting ready for the best song award and they're like what are you talking about there's no best song award and he's like yeah well if there is this way you know I'll, we'll win it because then no one else will have entered a best song award. it's like fine whatever charlie and they let charlie go off and do his thing they go to uh, one of the award-winning pubs called Suds, 
and they sit in suds and it's got canned laughter. <laughs> Everyone's laughing and all that stuff. And then they decide that, okay, su- they hate suds because it's too brightly lit and it's too happy and too nice. There's no harsh lighting or anything like that. They really don't like it. But they see that everyone is, is doing very well there, so they try to ape it. Um, Frank is also paying attention to what sells and it turns out that there's a burlesque place where it's like everyone's naked but it's done with class and all that stuff so we should do that kind of thing so they're going between middle of the road and that they're talking about how they can't have uh, too many black people because then people think it's a black bar and you don't get awards for black bars they don't know why you just don't they try to have d and mac do a will they won't they thing but it goes horribly wrong because they can't stand each other uh, and then Charlie does write a song and they hate it so much because it's kind of like a Randy Newman middle of the road song. They hate it so much that they lock him in the basement. So when all the adjudicators show up at the bar, they've brightly lit up the bar like suds. So it's really nice and boppy. But that goes horribly wrong because Mac and Dee are so grotesque and angry that they can't work. The black friend they have for diversity brings all his black friends. So there's too many black people in the bar. Then they think, well, quick, let's show them the burlesque in the back. But all that is is Frank having things stuffed up his anus. <laughs> and that goes horribly wrong. They don't know what to do. Then Charlie crawls out of the basement and he's been sniffing glue and spray painting. He goes, I made a song. I'm going to sing it. And they go, the song, the song, that's that's middle of the road. And then he starts talking about spiders raping his soul. And then he starts spitting at everyone. So they join in with the spitting. They kick everyone out the bar. And they go, we didn't win. It doesn't really matter, I guess. Except we really, really want to do that, that's the episode it just like collapses in on itself it's very funny I, I mean I can't do it justice it's too funny <laughs> what season is it is it only seven I think it's I think it's eight or it's nine. one of the later ones it's it? after Mac gets fat yeah so it's, uh, it it's eight or nine yeah um, no I, I just wondered because the, the, the later the series get the more um, sort of outlandish some of their behaviour yeah. becomes yeah they get even more and more ridiculous yeah. okay so let's let's move on to the crux of the episode then satire yes. yeah so it's a satire of the Emmys right and the TV industry and themselves the idea being why they haven't won an award despite the fact that they're very very popular um and they do a bunch of they have done other episodes about the fact that they're a TV show and and they, mm. they kind of make the bar a sort of surrogate metaphor for the show itself. Yeah. But the, the, so the, the idea of the episode is kind of, it's, it's poking fun at the fact that they're very popular, but they haven't won an award because they're such nasty. <laughs> they're, so, they're so horrible. Like, no one really likes them. Like, they're, they're funny, but they, it's just this funny thing about it. And, like, obviously these characters would want an award desperately. And so mm. how they would fight for that award and everything. And so they take... And they also mock what does get awards so you've got suds which is really boppy and stuff and it's like they're not it's not horribly harsh because they go yeah i kind of want to know what's going to happen <laughs> next week but at the same time um the suds is is clearly um uh poking fun at the kind of um the the studio audience shows yep right yep um because all, the, the all certain the, cliches of the sitcom, yeah all yeah. the people in the bar are watching these yeah and uh, they laugh and they make oh sounds yeah, yeah, and yeah things yeah. like that and then uh, everything's very safe they kind of just 
insinuate like, hey, this drink is better than having an orgasm. Not that he'd have, you know, yeah. and all that. So they go, ha, 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 They're like, what is this? And when they try to do the same jokes, it goes, oh. So there's this joke in Suds where they, they say, our signature drink is like a, whatever it is, a blue lagoon or something, I forget what it's called. And they go, it, some say it's better than having, better than an orgasm. And another goes, not that he'd know, like that. And they, everyone laughs and so they try doing it. And so they, Dennis has written what they're supposed to say on cards and he has Mac. And Mac goes, hey, try our signature drink. Caribbean paradises. Some people say it's like having an orgasm, and then Dennis goes, "Not that he'd have no." And then back just because I've had plenty of orgasms. I've had orgasms with your mom, dude. I will stick my thumb through your eye. <laughs> it's just like, whoa, what's this? <laughs> like that. Uh, and then they have the whole, uh, they have the whole thing of like in that in suds, Dennis sees that the one of the bartenders and the girl, um, the woman waitress, are there. They have like a charged moment of a will they won't they she has a boyfriend but you feel like he'd be a better boyfriend to her and it's like will they won't they you know i want to come back next week and find out if they're gonna get it on and stuff and all that so he says we need to do a similar thing so he picks mac and d to do that and the hilarity being in real life the actors playing mac and d are married so he goes we're gonna do will they won't they with you two now mac i know what you're thinking how are we going to make Dee pretty enough for you to be interested in her? And Matt goes, yes. <laughs> right? And he tells Dee, well, what we're going to do is we're going to shellac you with makeup and stick bright lights on you so that it blanks out all those harsh features. And he goes, I am down with that. <laughs> so, like, Dee has no self-respect. So the two of them don't like each other. They're supposed to play will they, won't they? And then in the scene, they're trying to do the will they, won't they charged moment. And... Max starts insulting Dee's fictional boyfriend and Dee gets insulted by the fact that her fictional boyfriend is ugly and stupid. So she goes, well, at least he doesn't have a cigarette for a mother. And then Matt goes, don't you talk about my mother and strangles her. And Dennis is going like, this isn't will they, won't they? This is they won't. And I don't want them to. So so there's this this gag of just um, of that kind of fun, like they're taking fun of the cliche that these characters aren't doing, even though the actors playing them are actually married in real life. The characters hate each other. Um, <laughs> they can't stand each other. They don't want to go. Uh, so, and then there's there's all kinds of other little things as well in the show that they keep doing. So satire and how it works, just briefly. Mm. Mm. Um, okay, you... So satire is what? What do you mean? What is satire? Oh, I forgot something. Go on. Uh, there's a great, there's another great sort of gag built into this, which is that the woman in Suds isn't funny. And Dennis goes, she doesn't need to be funny. She's pretty. <laughs> and D is like her blind obsession in the show is that she's a comedian. Yeah. So she goes, but I want to tell jokes. Like, no, you just have to stand there and look pretty. We're going to slack you with makeup, sharing bright lights like that. And they do the... <laughs> try to have her do a joke and her timing is terrible her timing is so so bad like there's they do the they try to do the orgasm joke with a customer and matt goes some people say it's like busting a nut what you know like it's like jizzing all over you <laughs> and dennis comes in and he's just like no 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 it's like well just tell me where i jizz so she can have her drink it's like no one's jizzing in your drink ma'am and then d shows up walks in and goes no, that he'd know. <laughs> it's like, You're so late. Get out. Get back in your light. Right? <laughs> and so the gag being that D at first wasn't funny in the show. Yeah. Um, and Dennis says people, men are intimidated by women who are funnier than them. And so there's a whole thing about in Philly, 
that Dee Reynolds is really funny and that Caitlin Olsen is actually really funny. She isn't just a pretty face. Yeah. So the gag in Philly is that everyone thinks she's ugly <laughs> in the series. When in fact Caitlin Olsen's very good looking and she's very funny in the show. And so they're poking fun in Suds that the woman is just a pretty face. Mm. Whereas in their show, she's actually really funny. And the hilarity being that Dee is actually terrible at comedy. So it's all built into the characters at the same time. So it's really just it's, it's a nice layering. I th- yeah, I think there's actually... <clears throat> we'll talk about layers in a second. But yeah. um, there's actually far more going on than just the the thing we, we decided we we're initially going to talk about. Which yeah. is that they're, they're attacking the Emmys. Yeah. So they're attacking the Emmys, but they've got such great things built into the history of the characters. Right. Yeah. That actually they end up... Yeah. using that like yeah. the whole the, the fact that um uh that robin and caitlin are, uh, are married in real life yeah like that the the joke of those guys getting angry at each other yes. would work without that it's yes. just funnier it's funnier when you know that they're married yeah yeah Likewise, like he does the thing like we want people to think you two are going to get together and they just look at us like why would no why would we ever get together like, right exactly like, and so the gag is of course they're married in well the extra gag yeah um just like the extra gag about um, Caitlin Olsen um, uh, being funny and yeah. in, in, in the <laughs> yeah. I just love the idea that her timing is terrible but the reason that's funny is because Caitlin's timing is perfect right she's so perfectly off time that's do you know what I mean like she yeah. steps in just at the worst moment as yeah. opposed to the, like she does it so well she's so funny <laughs> so funny at being unfunny yeah, it's just great it's just <laughs> it's so good. good she's just how does she do it so satire then satire yeah. is what if we we're going to define that how did we define it before we did the podcast? Well, before we switched the mic on. Yeah. So rather than putting you on the spot here, we should have written it down. Is that what you're was saying? Was it the it's anger thing? It was the anger thing, wasn't it's it? It's anger, yeah. Yeah. So I was saying that the subgenres of comedy are built around anger. So you have parody, which is just sort of exposing the silliness of something. It's a very light it's anger. poking fun. Yeah. And the other extreme is insult humor, which is really harsh and dark humor. Mm. And then in the middle, there's satire. So it's poking so it's, fun, at, fun at something, it's being angry at something. Yeah, it's, but it's, it's exposing not, the hypocrisy of something. It's not getting vicious. It's not as vicious as, as the other extreme. Sure. So Philly is often sort of on the edge of satire because. So, so South Park. Yeah. They're on the edge of satire, almost into insult, because they're so dark and so. And rude. sometimes their attacks are. Particularly South Park. Yes. South Park at times goes into vicious yeah like you, the the anger in that show is is palpable yeah sometimes right? it can get really palpable yeah, yeah. um <clears throat> to the point where at some points you're not laughing you're just thinking whoa yeah. <laughs> like the the britney spears episode oh yeah which yeah. i think i was i'd planned on bringing up later but yeah. now it seems relevant yeah um, or more relevant um yeah the britney spears episode um which uh, I, there's a certain point where um uh, Stone and Parker were describing it and, and saying mm. in this episode this is the moment where you're either on the train or you're <laughs> off it yeah, yeah. like you go along for the ride or you don't right. but that episode is just vicious yeah and also you get certain stand up people like John Oliver yeah um, who so, uh, will uh, sort of likes to be at the edge of satire and then when he gets really angry just turns to directly to insult him yeah and, I, and it's one of the things I think he does so well yeah. um, and he drops it when it's necessary like yeah. the way he talks about Trump sometimes yeah. like there's there's a there's a huge level of c- control when satirising and um, and creating humour out of that because you can't um, it, it's about restraining yourself and not going into vicious right. but actually with 
Trump, it sparked this ang- such anger yeah. in Oliver that, um, and I mean, I know it's a team of writers that do yeah. it as well, but he just drops the facade of yeah. satire and just goes, you know, like Trump's an asshole, <laughs> yeah. and you know, goes on tirades, and that in itself is funny because that's incongruous with the rest of the show. Yeah, so there's 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 just a spectrum of anger, basically. Yeah. Um, so satire sits somewhere in the middle. Yeah, exactly. And- I wanted to just talk about incongruity as well because this will set up what mm. what we're going to talk about next. So, um, laughter coming from um, incongruity between two things. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, um, McKee describes uh, comedy as the smashing together of two ideas, or at least I've heard him say something yeah. very similar. I'm sorry, um, Bob, if I've misquoted you. Mm. Um, but uh, it, it's something along those lines. And my thinking was that that's part of it, but I think it's about the gap in between yeah. as well. Yeah. And the audience needs to bridge that gap. So in kind of... Yeah, that's what in, he says. Yeah. 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 So in certain... Uh, if you're just telling jokes, um, you can lead an audience down one path and then, um, ha-ha, you snap them down a different yeah. path. And so the incongruity between those where the audience thought they were being led with, yes. a, with a gag and where they end up yeah. is where you can um, um, generate uh, uh, humour. Like, you know, the whole, um, <laughs> the the cliche, take my wife, please, yeah. thing, right? <laughs> right yeah, yeah. Leads them down one way, right. snaps them back to, to yeah. the other. So with satire, one of the ways you can satirise is what we're going to talk about today, which is institutionalising. Yeah, we mentioned in the Sopranos podcast about institutionalising your cast, creates subtext, image systems, things like that. Yeah. Whereas what we're using now is we're using the institutionalized cast as a way of creating jokes and satire. Yeah. Because what you have on the surface is that they are pub owners, but they are institutionalized in the subtext Mm -hmm. as television showrunners. Yeah. As actors and producers. And they run around in that way. And the hilarity comes from how the fact that running a bar like a TV show works. So they have a rival bar that has canned laughter and then mm. they try to repeat the same jokes and there's the burlesque, which is obviously the HBO Showtime type of show. Yeah. Uh, and then they have the joke about how if you have too many black people, it becomes a black bar and therefore it doesn't get awards and we don't know why that is. And it's like, okay, so black shows don't get awards. You see what I mean? And it's the, like, a- the actor... That they um, yeah because they get one the, black person to, for they diversity get, and that purposes. one black person is played by somebody from the wire which was famously, was famously snubbed yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, yeah so they had the one black they have is from the black show that got snubbed yeah. right and uh, then he brings too many black people into the bar and he's I, like he's really he's really how did they call him really severe. Yeah, because uh, yeah, because he's like he's in a uh, in a stringless t-shirt, uh, stringless <laughs> white tee. He's like, yo, man, I'm gonna lit this place up <laughs> like that. And it's just like, oh, <laughs> they've gone like straight to projects. <laughs> they don't have anyone else, and they make they also make the gag of like, have you noticed how in Suds one of the character one of the friends is black, and they never bring it up. They never talk about it. I think if you have a black friend, you talk about it all the time to make people sure that you're aware that they're aware that you have a black friend. That's that's how that works, right? It's just like, oh, man. It's just it's so wrong. <laughs> but the, po- the point uh, that I was getting to with the incongruity then is that the joke, that this whole attack on the Emmys, it only works if... You understand that what they're attacking is yeah is the Emmys right yeah because the first time I saw this episode 
um, I didn't get all the jokes because right. I didn't. Um, uh, I wasn't. I think I was just stupid. And in fact, it might have been the twelfth episode I'd watched in a row that oh, day. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Just gone cross eyed. I went Philly zombie. Um, yeah, so I did. I didn't. Un- I didn't get the joke. I didn't see that they were attacking mm. the Emmys. But then the second time I watched it was just the other day on your recommendation. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I oh love, wait, they I are attacking it's... the Emmys. Well, they, and it was not, hilarious. It's not the only time they've done it. They've done it. No, a of times they did it with the gang. This is the boat. Yeah, there's a bit where Dennis tells Frank, "We well, didn't used to be so weird until you showed up with all your money," and Frank's played by Danny DeVito, and of course, mm. in the second season, Danny DeVito became a series regular, and they got a lot more money and a lot more mm. stuff, so they could do crazier things. Then there's another episode where um, where it explains how Mac got fat, and Mac got fat because out of the blue, the sh- the bar starts doing really well and becomes really popular, and they get worried that they've hit a tipping point, and the gag being that for some reason, the show's popularity exploded, and for no reason at all, mm. and then the characters start wondering what it is about the bar that people come for, and they second-guess themselves and destroy the bar. <laughs> they destroy what makes the bar interesting. There's also the ones like uh, uh, the gang solved the North Korea crisis. Right, yes. Um, uh, yeah. The gang recycles their trash, where they, yeah. they do a whole bunch of old episode ideas. They come up, they try to do them as they literally recycle their, <laughs> their old yeah. ideas. Um, so they do that quite a bit. Yeah. They satirize the fact that so it, Philly is, it's not is like ridiculous. Sa- yeah, it's not like South Park, which will, um, yeah. or at least before the long form series, yeah. um, more recently, because the yeah. last few they um, they've done it less and less. But the um, from season something like five or six to season seventeen, every single episode was about something that was in. That, that was relevant in that moment, like that week, was yeah. pretty much, pretty they, much. I know yeah. occasionally they're, they're in the. Well, I think it was season nine, no eighteen, or was it nineteen, where they where PC Principal takes over, and they start doing Soda's Soda Soda uh, City. Yeah, so I've not I've not seen season nineteen. So is that season nineteen? Yeah, uh, and basically the whole point of that is that the whole thing is about America is becoming there's like a political correct thing. Mm. South Park seems like a dinosaur in this thing. And so the gag is the town is the show and the town is being sort of pushed out of all this political correctness and all this stuff. So there's, so they make things like everyone hates South Park and because the show and the city have the same name, the allegory is really obvious. The satire. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So they're attacking sort of the nature and they've done that loads of times. I mean, the whole film that they made, uh, the South Park bigger, longer on cut. That mm. film is an entire satire on how people blamed South Park for the Columbine shooting. Right. Um, and so that whole and swearing in cartoons and all that kind of stuff. So the whole so so the joke works, just going back to incongruity, the mm. the joke only works when the audience gets the subtext. Yeah, right? it's because it, it's in the subtext. It's yeah. it's not um, the character the 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 gags come almost from when the subtext and the real in the world that it's set in don't quite mesh and they have to kind of <laughs> kind of have to like stretch credulity to get to it yeah that's sometimes part of the fun of it it's quite funny to see that the stretch happen because it's just for example in this episode of Philly Charlie coming up with the best song 
yeah. is totally ridiculous. Like, why does Charlie even think that? And they say, yeah, they, there's a line in there like, what what the hell's that got to do with the Best Bar Award? Yeah, right? and, it's and he's like, like, well, maybe they'll have something for a song. And you know that yeah. that line is is an, is an attack on the Emmys. Like, why are they doing a Best Song <laughs> Award in the Emmys when it's about TV shows? Yes, right? yes. Like, so well, that, that, but what's it like the Best Song Award and all that stuff? Yeah, but that, it, it's a joke like yeah. that that I missed first time around because yeah. I didn't get the subtext. But <laughs> yeah. the second time you realise how... how um, angry it is <laughs> yeah he comes up with this Randy Newman middle yeah. of the road thing Paddy's Pub yeah. <laughs> and then it's just hey that was really good that wasn't about spiders or rape why would it be about rape it's like you always you always make songs about um, and the and the gag of course being that they did a musical The Nightman Cometh yeah and Dayman and they did that live on stage they did a tour of it for like they did eight shows or something oh really yeah so and people cover it like Dayman is really popular. And it's like why haven't they won an Emmy for Dayman? Dayman. Um, Were you expecting me to do the? Oh, I wasn't going to. But if you wanted to, you can. I'm not sure I can hit it. I'm, well, I'm not going to try. I'm not saying it again. <laughs> um, but so anyway, uh, yeah. So Char- Charlie, <laughs> Charlie with this song, I love it. This song is just great. Both of them are so good. So okay, it's still about layering. Then um, I know we've we mentioned it already, but it, going into the nuts and bolts of it. So when you're when you're going to satire in this way, and mm. so you're and, looking for fun parallels, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's um, part. That's part of how you write the scenes. It's yeah. part of the fun is like, oh, there's this parallel that generates a scene that generates a joke. Great, as opposed to just smashing your head at four in the morning trying to come up with a scene. You have parallels that you can follow. It helps. It helps the writing. Smooths out the writing. Or finding parallels between. Yeah, you find parallels, and it's like you just need enough to last the twenty minutes that the episode needs. Sure, sure. So yeah, because the pace of this episode is really quick. It is. Yes, most Philly episodes are are quite quick. Um, I was just thinking in terms of in terms of satire. Satire doesn't need to be done through. Uh, this method no. so satire is making is, is making jokes angry jokes at the expense of yeah it's just uh, hip- exposing hypocrisy exposing yeah. hypocrisies right yeah um, but the way that they do this in this episode is by um, uh, is by attacking there's a, as you say there's a layering there's a layer to it yeah right so they they layer by by saying okay essentially the pub is the show yes then that brings about all the, yeah. like the rival pubs. Yeah. What kinds of pubs win sh- awards? What they need to win an award? Um, how they're going to try and change their bar so it can win an award? Yeah. And then when the bits that don't fit, they just do anyway. So we just do best song anyway. Oh right, yeah. It doesn't yeah. fit. We'll just do best song. Yeah, done. Uh, <laughs> you know, so like whatever didn't fit, they kind of just shoehorn in. Um, and the great thing is the characters let them. So where where the where the I guess where the sa- where the allegory doesn't kick in, the characters fill the hole. So yeah. Charlie comes up with the best song. This it makes why... sense that Charlie does it. It doesn't make sense though that D would do it or someone. It's like it has to be Charlie. This is why and it's Charlie's idea. None of the other characters go along with it. It's why the episode I think is so rich with humor because they on the one hand they generate a lot of a lot of heat 
through this layering of the Emmys um, yes. in there. And so we're laughing at the fact that they are taking the piss out of the Emmys. Yeah. They are attacking the Emmys. But on the by the same token, you've got these characters which with such wonderful blind obsessions that you know that Mac loses his temper when he gets insulted. So they generate an enormous amount of humour out of that. Yeah. Um, you've got extra layers where as we said Rob and Caitlin are married yeah. and so you're laughing at so the fact that Mac and Dee already don't like each other in the show becomes heightened yeah because it's not the first time they've made that joke they made that joke when um, Dennis gets married to Ponderosa and Frank and Charlie get married uh, and so Mac having been kicked out decides to move in with Dee yeah uh, and they're like well, I'm not marrying you it's like ugh I would rather shoot myself in the face than marry you. So they've they've done they've done the joke that they're they're married yeah. in real life, but in the show they hate each other. Uh, and so it just becomes more fun when they do those kind of things. It's um it's strange because um in with comedy it's useful to keep your um what I again terminology would vary between um, comedy writers, but what uh, Jason and I would call an angle. Mm. So their the where their humor is coming from in in this episode should come quite centrally from this layering in of the Emmys, but actually they're also a, able to generate this humor from the characters themselves. Right. Yeah. Um. And and it's done so well. Um. It's like where it would get messy is is if they and they would never do it because they're too they're too good of writers, but. Um, if they said right let's attack the Emmys and said you know what we also hate the Oscars let's attack the Oscars as well mm. that is where it would get messy yeah because there, was... there isn't a, there doesn't seem to be a link between Philly and the Oscars so much no but if they atta- tried to attack two things in one episode the audience yeah. would get confused right it's that's just kind of raising thing, yeah. it as a red flag yeah for, it's, for it, it's just enough that it's attacking an industry award and yeah. particularly sitcoms and that's it yeah, yeah, yeah. and TV shows and stuff Okay, so by putting the Emmys in there, it, it generates this. Uh, um, by using the subtext, it generates all this humour and incongruity. By doing that as an extension, it also institutionalises the cast, um, like we talked about, right? Mm. Yeah. So let's talk about so De- how they do that. So Dennis is the lead actor. He's the showrunner, telling everyone what to do. Um, Mac and D. D is now the pretty woman who doesn't do comedy or anything like that she's just there to look pretty mac is the the sort of comic comic relief type guy or whatever uh danny devito is the frank is the producer um and he and (laughs) just just keep seeing him doing the bottle thing (laughs) it's messed up and uh and charlie's kind of i guess you could say he's the kramer type character as well but at the same time he's, he's doing the best song yeah. everything so there's a sort of institutionalization there of of um of the cast in relation to their roles on the show as well as their roles in the bar as the gang yeah so frank is the money man so all their roles in the bar then are given an analog in the in the running of the show in the in the in the show sort of allegory uh in the show allegory you yeah. Mean. yeah 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 do you think it is it we talked about the the audience have to get the subtext um, in order to get the joke. Yeah, is that the case for the institutionalized roles as well? Oh, that's part of the subtext, right? It's part of the allegory. If they don't see it, they won't find they won't laugh at it. Yeah. 
So they have to see it. They have to kind of get. Oh, I get it. This is uh, this is the Emmys. Uh, you, if you don't know much about how how what they're like, if you don't understand, see that Suds is a satire of sort of the regular three camera sitcom. Yeah. In front of a live studio audience, that doesn't that whole Suds thing doesn't really make sense. Yeah. The jokes come from the fact that this is a bar, <laughs> but the, like there's candle laughter and there's risque jokes and that there's the will they won't they and, and yeah, yeah them trying to copy well, all that I, stuff i was thinking more in terms of the um of the the hidden roles of each of those characters i guess actually the answer is quite obvious that yeah. they 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 do need to know the audience does need to know or at the very least intuit that yeah yeah you know dennis is the one that's yeah um that's in charge so i retract the question as possibly okay and stupid okay um <laughs> Okay. Well, let's talk about elasticity then. Yes, I like this. This is something you came up with. I like it. Did I come up with this? Yeah, I didn't know about it. You told me about it. I went, oh, that's really smart. I like that. Oh, God. I've forgotten it already. I, I called it, it elasticity. Oh, you called it elasticity. Right. I, okay, gave I was going to say, name. I didn't come up with the name. I gave it the name. <laughs> um, okay, is this the, the bit about the distance between the Yeah, things? the distance of these two ideas. So, so the audience will laugh when they understand what it is you're really talking about. Mm. So, um, in fact, this goes for any joke. The audience laughs when it bridges the gap between the two things. Yeah. Okay. So if it follows you on the, take my wife, please. Thank you, I'll be here all night. Try the veal, tip your waitress. Um, uh, The audience get, I mean, that's that's a stupid, cliched gag, um, but it... just to make my point, the audience follows you on that tiny little journey yeah. and gets it, mm-hmm. right? Um, if they don't understand wh- what you mean by please, then they're not going to laugh. So yeah. the audience needs to bridge that gap. So with the satire of this nature, um, as I've said a few times before, the audience needs to to go on that journey with you. Mm. And so you have this uh, changing of distance between the two things. Yeah. Right. But so, so if, if we talk about... Uh, how far these two ideas are apart. Yeah. yeah, how far away they are or how close together they are. Yeah. And, and the idea is that the the closer together they are, the more obvious that link is. And the further apart they are, the more potential um, you have for laughter because the incongruity is greater. Yeah, they, there's more of a journey that you can build up more yeah. adrenaline and get the laugh. But the problem is it's like anything else. If it's too little, you won't get a laugh. Yeah. If it's too much, you won't get a laugh because people won't see the link. Yeah, and, and so, so yeah, so what? Like I said, what happened with me the first time is that I didn't go on that journey for a lot of the jokes. Right, right. So, it, so I, I mean, sometimes laughing. the time, like you know, take my wife, please. It's one line. The distance can't be that big, really. No, and the twenty-minute show can have a larger distance. Yeah. But then, what I was saying about the elasticity part was that you find there's a range where, if it was any closer the idea is it's not funny and if it's any further apart it's not funny so you find a range where it's funny and yeah. then you move within it yeah. you don't just stay in one place you move it so there's a dynamism to you it you probably can stay in one place well, but it, it's it would more... depend on the length of, of it like it would just become yeah. repetitive otherwise. so yeah. in Philly the point is you have the choice as a writer to move yeah so in, in Philly um, it's closer together in certain areas these two things and further away in others so the song thing is ridiculous and it's further pushed away than say Suds Suds is closer yeah I'm with you so it's a rival bar that's very similar but it's you know like the link there between 
between TV show and bar is very small, whereas the link between best song and bar is a TV show bar link that's really far apart. Yeah. And rather than trying to make it have internal sense, they just use Charlie to get that in. And it's just like, that's funny because of how far... Like, we understand why Charlie has gone to that extreme yeah. because of the satire. But we also, in world, in the world of the show, get why Charlie would do this because Charlie's weird. Yeah. Right? Charlie is like that. So the fact that the rest of the characters just don't play along with it, they kind of forget about it until at the end where they're desperate for anything and so they hope the song will save mm. them and it doesn't. So um, so there's an elasticity there. It's not all... The gags aren't all at the same level. They, there's, they're different no. points. I'd argue that the Frank one as well is much further away. What, the burlesque? The burlesque one. Yeah. Because it's, it's not... Uh, it, it's... <laughs> the distance between... Um, uh, it being an HBO show and and having a bottle shoved up shoved up his ass, <laughs> like what they're really doing is saying like this is an HBO show and like this is this is dark. We we do whatever we want. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that. We'll that, there we go. That's what. Yeah. Well, that's what they're saying. HBO do whatever they want and yeah. they get awards. It's like we won't get an award because we are not the type of show they want to give an award to. <laughs> like it's never going to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but if the, the we're not going to change. <laughs> if we try to change, this is it. This is you want like this. What this is, is our attempt at being middle of the road. It's gone this horribly wrong. Like, we're not going to do what it. I, what I'm saying is that the journey that you ask the audience to go on yeah. between Frank shoving a bottle up his ass <laughs> and oh, what he's really talking about is HBO shows is quite a leap. But if you understand that's what they're talking about, then it's absolutely hilarious. This is how we would do this. Yeah. I just, I got, it's just great. Like, the idea that like you want us to do nice, like, risque gags about this. Here's how it goes. I've had orgasms. Like, that's how we would do it. It just, it's violent. It's angry. It's, it's just messed up. None of it makes sense. And we hate you. Spit, spit, you spit. Came at, you came at me. I, I came back twice as hard. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Yeah, so Dennis... <laughs> so the, the the elasticity is what we're talking about. So yeah. the, the, there's there's a sweet spot and um, uh, an area that yeah. in writing a show of this length that you can move between. Yeah, um, right. you don't have to ask the audience to leap the same distance with yeah. every joke. It right. will get smaller. It will get yeah. larger depending on what it is you're attacking and how you're using. Yeah, um, how you're using the comedy. I wanted to bring up then counter examples um, of right. what we were talking about to try and highlight what we were saying yes so um <clears throat> the idea that if you ask them if the audience if you ask the audience to go on too much of a leap to this other idea if yeah. the, if the two things you you're smashing together are too incongruous then the audience won't it, get it. it yeah it seems to me that if you were writing like this you would just have this sense of this is this is just articulating that sense of there aren't enough jokes here what do you mean? Like, if you were sitting down, you wouldn't go, well, what's, how far away are the two jokes? And No, you, you would, would never write like that. You wouldn't this. think like that. No. But it's, what it is, is it's articulating why you would start to think, there isn't enough material here. Yeah. There isn't enough here. It's one of those things that when you watch particularly sketch shows, I think, where you kind of sit there and you go, this is going on too long. Mm. There aren't enough 
jokes. A lot of the time, uh, writing is about recognizing how much sort of space there is, how much, how 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 rich the vein of design of of of, of structure and design there is. It's like there aren't enough jokes in this premise. Yeah. Or there are jokes, but they're all the same joke. You know, they're yeah. the same. It's it's a different avenue to look at jokes, which is not just are they the same joke, but are they the same distance? I yeah. not thought of that, but I like that idea that there's a distance that you can sort of go between. You can actually use the progression, like how into, like you can think of it, like how far down these series of ridiculous thoughts can you go? I think. I mean, really? it's. Uh, I don't know how. People would probably think of it in different ways, but the yeah. way you're describing it, the way I would think of it, is there's a length and a and a breadth to it. Yeah, and the breadth is the, is the distance between the two ideas, and the length is then how many jokes that can therefore generate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. And so saying our show is is uh, say saying our bar is like a TV show generates all these wonderful ideas, and right. particularly because they're attacking the Emmys, you've got... And also the because the, they've had eight, nine years of stories before. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they have a huge history from which to build from. Same with South Park. Yeah. These, these episodes have become funnier the longer the shows have gone on because they have more of a history to draw from. Yeah. So the South Park Family Guy episode, Scrooty McBoogerballs... Uh, yeah. Um, those uh, those episodes um, and the whole season that they managed to generate out of this happens because South Park has been around so long that there's so many more parallels. Secondary characters can now be brought in to have parallels and things. Yeah. So there's this huge breadth of ideas that they can use. And I note you notice actually because um, um, I started TVing a lot of South Park because Comedy yeah. Central started pla- uh, started. Um, uh, uh, suddenly became available on my mm. um, uh, on the Virgin Media box, um, so I was uh, I was recording a lot and watching them. And you notice the later they go, mm. the more tertiary characters they bring in and give their own yeah. episode to. Right. So like um, you know, Timmy will have his own episode, yeah. or yeah. Um, Jimmy, or whoever. Yeah. Um, Tally. Or Tally. Oh, oh, he's uh, he's the best character. Ever. I know. <laughs> um. I forget which way we were going now. Counter example. In fact, let's stay on South Park then. Um, okay. Yeah, the 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 idea that if um, oh no, that's what we were talking about—the length and breadth and generating yeah. ideas. Yeah. So in terms of actually writing, because because Jason and I use this a mm. lot because we do a lot of satire with the sketch shows that we write for. Yeah. The, in practical terms, you never think of it in this analytical no. way the way you think of it is um is is you go for that link yeah so if you're satirizing a news article yeah um yeah uh, again this isn't a how you do it it's a what is it that you're actually doing yeah it's like what yeah. is it it's like you this is what you're looking for these kind of links between ideas yeah. and the elasticity between them and the depth and the breadth that's what you're trying to get a sense of but it doesn't tell yeah. you how to do it it's just no. like this is what it is the way the way we it's do it. naming the thing yeah yeah the, the way the way we do it, um, and I'm sure it's different for every writer, um, and it's much easier with two people, and mm. I'll get to that in a second, is that we'd have this idea and we'd say, like, what's making us angry about this? We always start with the anger because that's what satire is and, we, in, and the comedy that we're writing is much funnier when we are angry about something. We say, well, what's it, what angers me about this? Well, this politician has said this thing and, I, and that invokes this anger in me. I think this is angry because... And once we get... 
a sense of that, then we start drawing parallels with other things. And as soon as we have that second thing to layer on top, if it makes us laugh mm. and makes us both laugh, we know we're onto something, so right, we yeah. write it down. Yeah. And then we forget it and we explore other ideas, right? right? right yeah. And so you go through all these um, uh, other things that you can layer in. But it would all, the reason I mentioned this is because you said you get a sense of it. Yeah. And that's how that's what happens. You end up writing yeah. all these second things that you can layer in. Um, uh, and eventually you'll, you'll settle on one mm. or you'll go back to one and say, I felt best about this one. And then you explore right. how many jokes you can get from that. Right, yeah. Right. Yeah, um, and it's particularly important when you're trying when you when it's not just a single sketch or a single line. It's when you're trying to build like a whole episode. Yeah, you need to make sure that there are enough jokes. Yeah, right? yeah. You just yeah. Have oh to have oh an my idea god, this has enough jokes to work. It's so important yeah. in um, uh, in like half an hour. Yeah, scripts because in a sketch you only you go two minutes maximum. Yeah. I mean you can do a sketch with one joke. Yeah. Right, it can be ten seconds, twenty seconds, and it's easier just to get in and out very right. quickly. Um, whereas two minutes, you do need to generate enough humor and enough gags to sustain yeah. that, and you need to build, and you still need yeah. a punchline as well. But yeah, in half an hour, it needs to be a, a good and rich enough vein. Do you? Uh, the other thing is with the with the half an hour stuff, as we said, you've also got the blind obsessions of the characters to draw on. For jokes as well, mm. you don't simply rely on rely on the layering. Whereas in sketch comedy, it's generally um, you focus on that. Is when I was talking about the angles before, and never mixing angles, never putting in, two, never attack two things, just one. In sketch comedy, in something two minutes long, you do keep it to one, mm. and so all the gags would come from that one thing. Yeah. You don't need to worry about extra blind obsessions. And you haven't got enough time. You haven't got enough time. Yeah, that's it, and the audience time. will get confused. Yeah, and so sometimes you notice, oh, I've got too much material here for this. It, Just as yeah. good, like, I don't have enough. Sometimes I have too much. Yeah, I'm trying to cram too much in, cut out. Yeah, which is what South Park, Matt and Trey have often said in their commentaries. Like they had two, two really great ideas when they should have just stuck to one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. talk about that. So, bringing up South Park, then as the counterexample, as as a counterexample, the times when South Park doesn't work for us, and it's not that it doesn't work as I'd say for us. I'm including you in this. I'm taking yeah. you down with me. It's true. <laughs> um, but certainly for me, the times where I don't laugh at South Park is just where I don't understand the cultural reference. Yeah, some I made a joke that the only reason I have Twitter is so I can understand the next episode of South Park. <laughs> Uh, because sometimes right. there's just gags like I I have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah, like I don't know what this is, and I'm watching like I don't really get what's going on. Yeah, so it's not that funny. But I can also tell that it's about because the way they're doing it, you can tell. Oh, they're talking about something, but I don't know what. Yeah, that's it. And so that happens sometimes. It's just yeah, like, that, that's totally understandable. And that's when you, when you do comedy like this, when you layer in that second idea, yeah. if people don't. If people don't know the second idea, there's no way they're going to make that journey and laugh at the jokes right. that you're making, um, mm. and that's that's fine. Like that's okay. Mm. Um, but in the t- in terms of South Park, um, most of the time it's because we're in this country and they're yeah. in that one, and right. we just haven't seen whatever it is. Yeah, or it, it, we we don't understand why it's a big deal. Yeah, like why is that a big deal? Oh, sure, because of this thing. Like really, that's you know, it's like okay, fine if that's how it is over there. Yeah. So sometimes it happens. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's just one of those things. Like uh, I didn't, I don't fully get sarcastic, for example, <laughs> because I'm not 
big on NFL or sports yeah, in general, sure, but I okay. can get what it's about. Yeah. And I can laugh at parts of it, but I, I don't find it, say, as funny as you do. Sure, yeah. I, yeah, I loved Sarcastable. Yeah, and it's got it's not because there's a problem with South Park. It's a problem because, oh, I'm just... It's like, oh, if it was in German, I would probably wouldn't get it. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> you know, it's just a, it's a gag I don't get because I don't know what they're making fun of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Not because they didn't make fun of it yeah. properly. So on the other end of the spectrum... Yeah. So if you go too far, you're going to lose the audience. On the other Yeah, so end- and that's a case where... It's not necessarily the ideas are too far apart, or it's just I don't know what one of the ideas is. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I don't, which is essentially the same as saying it's too far away. Yeah, I mean it's that does, that's as far away as you can get, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, you can't get further than that. No. <laughs> um, so at the other end of the spectrum, then, if the two ideas are, are too close together, then what you get is on the nose. It's on the nose. Yeah. I mean, and that is basically as funny as somebody saying, "Oh." <laughs> Here's why the joke's funny, which is essentially what we're doing today, right? Yeah. Here's why <laughs> this episode is but funny. We don't, we're not pretending this is comedy. Ah, sure. <laughs> yeah. right? like, we're not thinking, isn't this hilarious? You should be rolling around with laughter right now. It's like, no, this isn't funny. We have, when writing, Jason and I have, the, uh, have, we have many running jokes that are only funny to us. So, of course, I'm going to bring one up now. Um, <laughs> but if one of us says, a, I've, I've said before, we write over, over phone a lot. And if, if one of us will say a joke, and if the other person doesn't laugh, it's that much more crushing because what you're left with it's is silence on the end of the phone. <laughs> but what <laughs> what we then try and do is back it up and say, oh, no, 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 here's, here's why it was funny. Yeah. And then the other person always responds with, yeah, yeah. because that makes it that much funnier. Yeah. Like, uh, I had this thing as well when I was running with Will and we were trying to do comedy. Like one of us would tell a joke and the other one didn't laugh. And we just go, nope, not funny, move on. Yeah. Like there was no, it's like, yep, yeah, he's right. There's no point in trying to explain why it's funny because it didn't work, right? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. you go, oh, if I link these two things, that would be really funny. So, like, not if they don't laugh. <laughs> then it's not funny. Like, just because you linked two ideas doesn't mean it's funny. The only way I can see, that, is, able yeah. to see that being useful, which uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think if it's ever worked for us, is by at least articulating it, articulating what you were trying to do. Yes. The other person might go, oh, I see now. What if we tried this instead? Yeah, sometimes you go like, there's something here, but I can't put my finger on yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. This is where this helps. You can articulate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So at the other end of the spectrum, then, if you, if it, if the two ideas are so close together and the audience really doesn't have to bridge any gap at all, yeah, or at least the gap is minimal, then you'll find they don't laugh. And this is what happened in Family Guy Blue Harvest. Yeah. So Family Guy Blue Harvest yeah. uh, is the Star, Star Wars, Wars thing. I, I yeah, know, they they I they did Star Wars with the Family Guy cast. But that's it, and that's important. Yeah, that's it. That's all it is. Yeah, it was and Star Wars in half an hour with the cast of Family Guy. Yeah, remember, remember the time Luke Skywalker <laughs> did a thing. Yeah, what if Peter did it? Okay, <laughs> fine. You just they're, they're, they're smooshed up against each other, and it's just yeah. like it's on the nose. It's like, hey, I'm Han Solo. Yeah, yeah. This is really requiring a lot of laughter on my part. Pete. Be like you dress like Han, you act like Han, you talk like Han, or whatever, and then you say Han's lines, but you're Peter Griffin. Yeah. Well, I don't get what's funny about this. And then they did the other side of it as well, which is they put things in that are completely surreal and have no linking to it at all, like the couch gag, mm. where they find a couch in the Death Star and they go, you know what, I'm going to take this, and they put the couch in the Millennium Falcon. It's like, see, this works around. It's like, why is there a couch on the Death Star? What does that have to do with anything? What? Where's the link here? 
a lot of like Family Guy, and I I know you you kind of like the show, but I don't like Robot Ooh. Chicken. Oh, sorry, I thought you were going to... No, Robot Chicken as well. I didn't know you were going towards... No, but both of them have a similar thing. I thought you were saying I like family. No, both of them have a similar thing of just like, what if something is inappropriate, is highly sexual or violent or rude, then it would be inappropriate. Yeah. I don't That's not a joke. I don't think Robot Chicken is like that the whole way through. I think there's a couple of sketches you might have seen like that, but I don't think it's like that. I'm I'm sure... Look, I, I don't... I'm not... I'm sure Family Guy and Robot Chicken have funny moments and that there are times where I would go, that is funny. But generally what happens is you're, I'm watching an episode for 30 minutes and I'm not laughing. And then in minute 17, they have a thing that gets me a bit of a titter. It's mm. like, uh-huh. I might have found that very funny if I hadn't put up with 16 minutes of decidedly unfunny stuff before it. Sure. And then I have to sit around because I know there's another five, 10 minutes coming up, not funny stuff after like, I don't laugh at this stuff because I'm sitting there I'm like there's nothing funny about this like mm. the joke isn't funny like you you were bringing up one before you were recording about this Boba Fett scene where oh, Boba Robot Fett Chicken being in love with Han with Solo, Han Solo yeah. and I was pointing out the reason I don't find it funny is because Boba Fett isn't in love with Han that's just something they added for the sketch, right? Yeah. So where's where's the insight? Where's the where's the joke? What's the joke coming from? I don't look at that and go, oh man, they're really sending up Boba Fett. I'm like, oh, they've just redone Boba Fett to make this gag. There's there's nothing in. It's not exposing anything in Star Wars. It's not. It's not a joke about Star Wars. It's uh, what. Yeah, yeah, what if what it, the whole joke of Robot Chicken is they're doing the thing of like you know when a kid has two characters toys and they make them kiss yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's like okay, why is this going on for a minute? I I don't I, like I I got it very quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just and it's like I I just think like people I whenever I say why is this funny what am I missing that's funny and people try like I just I don't think it's funny. Um, because I think either, as as I say, I think either the ideas are so close together, they're obviously, ob- it's so obvious it's not funny. Yeah. Or they're so far apart, there's no link between them. It's just surreal. And the laughter that they get comes from people nervously laughing at the fact that they don't know why it's funny. But yeah. they know it's supposed to be funny. I wanted to bring up surrealism, actually. Um, uh, you mentioned it a couple minutes ago. I thought it was worth, a, a well, point surre- worth mentioning. Yeah, surrealism is essentially the extreme where you take two ideas that aren't funny but the gag of it is that you do find something that links them right monty python did that all the time monty python would link the craziest things together yeah that's what was funny about it it wasn't it it was surreal but what's funny was because it it took two completely things that seemed unrelated and made something out of them it didn't just go hey here are two things that are unrelated Hey, there's a couch on the Death Star. Wh- why? What? 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 Because uh, they find a couch in the dumpster, right? Yeah. The dumpster thing. It's like there's a dumpster. They find a couch, right? Okay, and they take it. It's like, I. What's funny about this? Well, I think. How is this anything to do with Star Wars? I think this could be done anywhere, right? It's. Oh yeah, yeah, do you yeah. Know, it's course, like this hasn't got nothing to do. Whereas Monty Python would do these absolutely insane leaps of logic that were funny. And sometimes they would just have characters walk up to the screen and go, this is too silly. Like they had an art, Graham Chapman as an army general storm into scenes, into jokes and just stop them and go, this is getting too silly, do something else. Then they do something even sillier. And he'd storm into that and go, no, 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 like that. And you just had this thing of like, 
Well, that's attacking themselves. Then, yeah, sure. they would attack yeah. their own stupidity and their own ridiculousness, and yeah. they they would have they would have sketches that whose punchline was that another sketch was another sketch. Yeah, and they would have all these great like the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> Just great, right? Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. We have uh, chief weapons on this. Oh wait, hold on. I go back and they get, they have this thing like the Spanish Inquisition are incredible professionals storming into these scenes. Like the sketch has gone wrong a lot of the time. Like Monty Python's gags were that the show isn't working and that the show yeah. is falling apart and that they've just done something too weird that no one's going to get. So let's just so the the surrealism worked. The head was a. The surrealism we u- was used to attack, as opposed to being surreal for surreal sake. Yeah, it was just. It's essentially the, the difference there, because yeah. the going back to like regular Family Guy episodes, um, the you know the random gag. Remember that time yeah. when they would cut to something random, yeah. something bizarre would happen, and then you'd cut back, yeah. and it would just be insane and unrelated. I've I've always said that the thing about Family Guy is that it's one of those clip shows from a TV series. Sure. Except there wasn't an actual series before it. Yeah. It's just, it's like, if you watch a clip show for a series that you've never seen, you've watched an episode of Family Guy. It's just random scenes strung together with really loose contrivances. And that's the whole episode, right? Which is what we're saying is the problem, which is you have these two things that aren't linked. Yeah. So you have scenes that aren't linked, entire premises that aren't linked. And it's just... And Monty Python's linking, which was totally thrown out of the... uh, the the linking was that they don't make sense. That's what linked them. That they, it was like there's almost no the gag being that there isn't a link between these things is all, is the gag of it. Does it, that make sense? It's yeah, really it's, meta in a way. Yeah, the it, it seems to me like the the way you're talking about it um, is that the the surrealism is used for for a reason. Yeah. Like There's I said before, it seems like this the surrealism is used to either attack itself yeah. or attack the point is And it's, it's progressive, it goes further and further into Yeah. The point is Monty Python was still attacking. Yeah, it and Monty Python was drawing random. itself into it. It was attacking the con- the senses of BBC, it was attacking yeah. people who said we don't make sense or we're attacking you. It was attacking the whole concept of comedy in in itself. It just it was just so surreal which brings us back around satire comes from this anger and this need to attack whatever yeah. it is you're attacking yeah. right um you, you but you, the point is there needs to be a target yeah there's purpose behind it there's purpose and there's behind no it, purpose yeah. behind the family guy blue harvest thing no it's 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 a loving basically it's a, it's, it's a even, cute it's not thing. even a cute loving because it just does things like obi-wan's a pedophile like that's not fun how's that funny making Obi-Wan casting the pedophile character in Family Guy as Obi-Wan it's just like that. what they do what the whole thing is based around is uh, we've got Star Wars let's replace the characters with Family Guy characters and see what, see what happens and then they do a paint by numbers of the Star Wars film mm. so if you're going to do it fully do it properly like actually go all the way and go okay the setup is the same but what happens if it doesn't make sense if Stewie is Darth Vader, for him to do Darth Vader scenes, mm. if that makes sense. The point is, if Stewie is Darth Vader, how is Stewie different to Vader? In the gang tries to win an award, the joke of it is the characters of Philly are so grotesque, they can't do the regular sitcom stuff. If yeah. they try, look what happens. 
So if the cast of Family Guy, and I don't know why it's Star Wars, but if the cast of Family Guy are going to do Star Wars, then how do they do Star Wars wrong? Right. How does it go askew? What happens as a result of these characters doing Star Wars? And the thing is, like, that nothing happens because they're not characters. What do you mean? They're not characters in Family Guy. They're just tropes. Oh, I see. Right. They're not. Yeah, they're not they're real not, characters not full, or anything. Full characters, sure. Um, it strikes me that the like they're not paralleled. There's no yeah. parallels between them. There's no parallels between Stewie and Vader. Yeah. There's there's no link well, there. No, he's the evil one in the family. Yeah, but he's there, a baby. there is a link. There is there's, the whole joke of link. Stewie is that he's a villain. Is that he's an evil baby? Yeah. Darth Vader is is just is a tyrant. It doesn't it doesn't even fit. I don't I don't think Stewie's a good analog for it. Mister Burns is a good analog for the Emperor, for example. Sure. And so by extension, you'd probably make Smithers Vader. Yeah. Right. But Smithers isn't a great Vader. But like. They've even made the joke that, you know, they've had the Imperial March play when Burns shows mm. up in this. So it's just one of those things. If you're going to, if you're going to, the analog has to make some sort of sense. And there just isn't one. It's just, hey, let's do some Star Wars scenes with these characters. What does that mean? Well, they're going to say really offensive things in those scenes. That's not, it strikes, I just me, don't find that funny. It strikes me that two things you have to do to make that work is is one what you said it yeah. can't go it can't just be paint by numbers. Yeah. And number two, I don't think you can set that in the Star Wars universe. I think yeah. they need to enact Star Wars in some way within the Family Guy universe. That would be much better, right? So the audience, you're still asking the audience to do something, right? Which is like Chris finds out he's been adopted. Sure. Right. Right, and his and the person who who he adopted him, his real father is Adam West. Isn't Adam West the mayor of the town? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so Adam West turns out to be his real father. Sure. No, Chris. I'm and Adam West is the is, yeah, sure. Is Darth okay. Vader, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's that would be somewhat more interesting, I think. Yeah. Maybe I don't really know or care. <laughs> um, I think that's the key point here. I don't know and I don't care. Yeah, I just don't like. So let's it, what, well, let's find. Let's, let's put a pin in that. Um, uh, in fact, no. Let's just let it burn. But yeah. Um, um, and we'll move on. Um, to really summing this up, then, what can we take away? What do we need to take away? You mentioned just then mm. the link needing to be. Yeah, there's there's something about the inherent funniness of linking these two things and it generating material in that it institutionalizes the cast. It has enough bre- uh, elasticity that you can progress it and have a dynamic series of jokes that it's not just the same joke over and over and over again, that there's uh, a breadth to the types of jokes that are funny. Um, it's just one of those things of just sort of recognize... Like, using satire to satirize your own work or your own choices to um create an institution or whatever in your in your comedy it's just a sense of trying to find enough uh, an avenue of jokes that can last long enough but aren't the same joke repeated or there isn't it's just some bizarre linking it's like actually there's something there i'd also argue it's just trying to recognize the that there is a weight to a idea yeah I think as well attacking yourself then that needs to come with a heavy caveat like Philly attacked itself South Park attacks itself but these are in themselves 
like institutions like they've yeah. been running for so long yeah and they are so good that they can do that yeah right if you're starting out and you're writing episode one of your right. own sitcom yeah then that's not a deconstruction of your but that's the genre that you want to do right? right and that's kind of what i'm saying when i say that there's enough weight to the idea that, that there's enough south park there's enough philly that you have enough material to make fun out of them. Right, I'm with you. They have enough material to make fun out of themselves because they've been around long enough to do that. Yeah. So it's the same thing of just like trying to gauge, like how do you gauge that this idea is en- has enough comedy potential? Well, one of the ways is, it, it, you know, the institutionalizing of the cast and the elasticity of the jokes. Like there's enough... Mm types of jokes not just it's not just one joke it's that that one conceit creates enough material how can you tell this is one way of looking at it sure you can just kind of get a sense oh that's what we're that's what that feeling is that there's enough there is there another thing we take away or is that really what you feel I think that's enough, isn't it? yeah i think so <laughs> that felt like there was a subtext to your question to my question? Uh, so not your question, to your answer well, then. Was, like, that's from, enough. You, it was the way you looked at the clock as you said it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, yeah. That's enough, surely. Yeah, I think, I think we've, we've, we've done enough. So you want to end it there? I think so. Okay, give me a Nightman line again. What? Say Nightman. You mean Dayman? Dayman. Dayman will do. I just said Dayman, right there. Say it again. Dayman. Once more. <laughs> Dayman. Oh! <laughs> Dayman, Dayman, fighter of the nightman, champion of the sun. Sun, you're a master of karate and friendship <laughs> for everyone. A Dayman, that's it. Dayman, oh, fighter of the nightman, oh, champion of the sun. Friendship for everyone. Dayman. Dayman. Oh, nice. We'll get the fighter of the 